In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In this Gospel reading for today, we hear there's one man who is wise, who builds his house upon rock, and another man who is foolish and builds his house on sand. In both cases, a storm hits, but only one survives, the house that's built upon the rock. And so, although this might seem like a simple reading, a simple comparison between two people that gives us these two basic options between one of them being good and one of them being bad, I think there's definitely more to say about what is actually good and what is actually bad. Furthermore, who is actually good and who is actually bad? There's a funny anecdote in our culture. I'm sure many of us have heard this from one time or another, but you often hear it among the older generation where they'll say something like this. You know, I'm not a bad person. I don't kill, I don't steal, I've never hurt anybody. I don't have a gambling addiction or something like that. I don't take drugs. Basically, I'm good. I'm not really in any serious trouble when it comes to my spiritual life. And to that, it's kind of funny when you want to find some response. Because what do you say? Do you congratulate someone for not murdering people? It seems like a very basic way to live life. A very natural thing to know. Something kids probably know. Should I congratulate you for not being a thief? I mean, maybe sometimes people have that tendency, but again, that's another basic thing that we know not to do. So with this mentality, the approach is to not do bad things and to have that be enough. The people that Jesus is talking to in this gospel passage today take it up to another level. They say, It's not just that they didn't do bad things, they prophesied in his name. They did many mighty works in his name. They cast out demons in his name. Those sound like very praiseworthy things. Those things sound like a very big deal. Those things sound like they should be valued, like they're good works. But what does Jesus respond with? Something very scary. Imagine standing in front of Christ. Imagine having some sort of dialogue with him. Imagine going over the works you've done in your life. And then Jesus responds to you with saying, I never knew you. Depart from me. You have no room in my house. You have no participation with me. Imagine believing all your life, believing all your life, and this person, this God, and following his commandments, relatively, praying to him, teaching about him, and then at the end of the day, he says, I never knew you. What's missing from the picture? Why would Jesus look at you and not recognize you? That's a very serious question to ask if you're gonna spend your whole life identifying as a Christian, if you're gonna spend your whole life calling yourself a Christian if you're gonna spend your whole life committing yourself to living according to Christian values. In other words, what one of the things Christ is telling us today in this gospel passage is that doing things that can be considered good 
is not enough to know Christ. It's not enough for Christ to look at you and to recognize you and to know you. The word for knowing when it's used in Scripture, it's not about just knowing about somebody, being aware of somebody. When we see the word for knowing in Scripture, it implicates a very intimate relationship. It's not just being aware of somebody. It's having a relationship with somebody. So what does it take for Christ to have a relationship with us? Christ is looking to us to recognize us not just through empty actions, but through actions that are born out of the same love that he reflects in his own life. Christ-like love, self-giving love, sacrificial love, love for the other. If we want Christ to recognize us, we must look like Him. We must be a reflection of Him among this world. We must walk throughout our lives looking like Him, which means conforming ourselves to Him, loving how He loves, thinking how He thinks, seeing others how He sees others, seeing the will of God, His Heavenly Father, the same way. How do we do this? How do we do this practically speaking? Well, for one thing, to those people who say I'm good and I pray at home and I don't need anyone else to tell me what to do because I don't kill people and I, and I don't steal, if you want to consider yourself a Christian, it doesn't take, too, doesn't take too much teaching. Christ established a church on purpose while he was here. One thing you can practically do to have Christ look at you and recognize you and know you is to spend time in his house, to spend time in his father's house and to eat there and to drink there and to be washed there, to actually live in that house because it provides us with the means not just for physical sustenance but for spiritual sustenance so that Christ can look at you and see a soul that looks like his own soul. That is what we have in this church. We have sacraments where we do eat and drink and nourish ourselves spiritually and not just physically. That's one thing you can do practically. For ourselves to control, we need to look at ourselves, examining ourselves, so that we can order ourselves to control our passions and the temptations that often lead us to sin that exists in this world. We must build our foundation, as we're hearing today in this gospel, on rock, on the rock that is Christ himself. And if you want to keep talking about building, then the walls of your building should be built with the wood of the cross. The cross that teaches us what true love looks like. The cross that teaches us not just the cost of sacrifice, but also its glory. That is how you build a lasting temple. That's how you build a lasting house. That's how you build a soul that can withstand any kind of trial and suffering, any kind of storm that hits. Not just for your personal temple of yourself, but also for that of your family. For the home of your family. That for sure is going to withstand some kind of storm, even though it may be peaceful temporarily. When we sin, we must look for repentance. When we sin, we must look to turn our lives around and actually do something about changing. When we sin, we must look to, for repentance so that we can enter into communion with God, especially 
with the Eucharist that's going to be offered in this Mass and that we're going to approach so that we can receive into our own bodies. We must walk His path, Christ's path, and not the path of any other person, not the path of false prophets, not the path of shallow role models and shallow ideas that don't offer us any truth because they don't have any truth to offer, because they can't give you anything lasting, because they can't make you actually happy. Not just give you a feeling of happiness, but actually sustain you so that you can realize what you're supposed to be as a human being. All of us, from, some, from time to time, kind of get upset with people that are what we call in Surah Pacha, people that aren't solid, people that don't have a solid personality, people that if you're talking to them, everything goes in one ear and out the other. People that are mediocre. Don't be mediocre with your faith. You and I don't have to be mediocre with our faith because we've had an example who emptied himself and came down to this earth and showed us how to not be mediocre and continues to this day, every second of the day, to make available graces to us so that we don't have to be mediocre in our faith. Christ showed us how. And the way to do it, ultimately, if you want to summarize all of this, is again, to look like Him. To make your heart like His heart. To make your will like the will of His Heavenly Father. And to pursue that with everything that you have. With all the love that you have. No matter who you are, no matter what you decide to build your foundation on, because it is your decision, a storm is going to hit nonetheless. That's the reality of our lives. You're going to be shaken up by some kind of trial, some kind of tribulation, some kind of test, some kind of suffering, whether it's you individually or together with your family, with the home of your family. In the face of that, you should ask yourself, what is my foundation? How strong is it? What is it built on? Who is it built on? And is it strong enough to sustain me in the storm of this life? Is it strong enough to get me to the eternal kingdom that Christ offers me? Is it strong enough for me to stand in front of Christ so that he can look at me and recognize me and say that he knows me and invite me into his eternal happiness? Amen.